Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we put love into action. We hope that you are blessed by these previous sermons by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Peter M. Weary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, as well as Instagram at The Field CLT. Be blessed. Ah, this is a moment of adoration. Somebody ought to have a testimony that the Lord's mercy is great. How many know you don't need money if you got the Lord's mercy? The song says day after day. That means today, right now, and going forward. Can you look back over your life and just remember how the Lord had mercy on you. You should have been gone. You should have been guilty. But the Lord had mercy. That ought to make somebody happy right now. Day after day, when you look back over your life, it wasn't just once in a great while, but the writer says, morning by morning, new mercy. That's what I see. Great is the Lord's mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you to this awesome worship ministry here at the field. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, You ought to be ready for the word by now. During this season of Advent, let's go to the word of God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read it from the Good News Translation. Hear these words. Jesus saw the crowds and went up a hill where he sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. Happy are those who are spiritually poor. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are those who mourn. God will comfort them. Happy are those who are humble. They will receive what God has promised. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. Happy are those who are merciful to others. God will be merciful to them. Happy are the pure in heart. They will see God. Happy are those who work for peace. 
God will call them his children. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are you when people insult you and persecute you and tell all kinds of evil lies against you because you are my followers. Be happy and glad for a great reward. Somebody say great reward. A great reward is kept for you in heaven. This is how the prophets who lived before you were persecuted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me for a few minutes this morning on the subject, true happiness. True happiness. Let us pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm not going to be in front of you long, except I want to just tell you one thing in the little time I have, and it's simply this. Get ready is good news. The good news is this. We don't have to wait for eternity to see the kingdom of God. Can I talk to y'all? High in the sky, by and by, when you die, saints, you don't have to wait till eternity to see the kingdom. What I want to argue for the next few minutes is the kingdom is already, the scripture says, in our midst. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. He says it again in chapter 4, verse 17. He says it again in Matthew 10, verse 7. You can also check Matthew 12, verse 28. This notion that the kingdom is not somewhere waiting for those who are lucky enough <laughs> or have longevity enough to see it. Saints of God, the kingdom of heaven has come near. In addition to the fact that that's the entire message of the gospel according to Mark, here in Matthew, it is very clear that the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 3, verse 2. Matthew 4, verse 17. Matthew 10, verse 7. Matthew 12, verse 28. It has come. near. This text helps us to understand that the kingdom is any place 
where God reigns. So it is you can bring the kingdom into your house. You can bring the kingdom into your job. I've known folk, my wife has been accused by the principal uh, gratefully of transforming the whole part of the building where she used to teach. She didn't go about a campaign of transforming the building. She just went about living in kingdom space inside a place where folk hated each other and violence was all around and mediocrity was the order of the day. She just lived in kingdom reality right where she walked, wherever she went. And the whole part of the building, the principal said, was transformed. What the principal did not know to say, I suspect, is that all that happened, she didn't do any magic, she didn't do any egghead theory that educators brought. All she did was just lived in kingdom space and the kingdom of God came into the building. Where are you that you know the kingdom of God needs to come? Uh, stop waiting till you die. Stop waiting by and by. You can live in the kingdom right where you are. In this text called the Beatitudes, Jesus kind of demonstrates for us what the kingdom really is. The kingdom of God is that place where Jesus stands the world on its head. The kingdom is that realm where what you expect to see, you don't see. And what you don't see is there anyhow. Where what ought not be, according to the late Miles Jones, bees anyhow. We believe in personal pride. Jesus blesses poverty of spirit. We look for pleasure. Jesus blesses folk who mourn. We see the prosperity of aggressive and greedy folk. Jesus blesses the meek. We see love for good food and drink. Jesus blesses folk who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus is pointedly teaching us here, and I just want to leave with the saints here at the field and in the field family that you don't have to wait till the by and by to realize the kingdom of God. But someone might say in response to this, well, where I'm living don't seem much like the kingdom of God because I'm living in a realm where I can't afford a one-bedroom apartment and I'm working two and three little jobs. How can I be in the kingdom? You, you might be living in a place where you say, I cannot even find Anybody, I want to be married, but I can't find anybody who is available or worth my stopping what I'm doing to live a life other than a kingdom life. 
You, you might say, I can't, how can I live in the kingdom when I'm suffering so? I've been so sick. I, I feel like I really can't go on. How can I live in the kingdom? You might say, I'm living under the thumb of some oppressive person who says they love me, but they always beat me. Somebody in this room might say, I, I, how can I live in the kingdom because I can't find two nickels to rub together even on the best of days. You might say, how can I live in the kingdom? I got this monkey on my back. I'm addicted and I can't seem to get free. How can I live in the kingdom? You might say, how can I live in the kingdom? Because I'm scared of watching the news. I had a sister at a hotel recently at the desk clerk. I asked her how were the statistics about COVID-19 in that city. She said, oh, I don't watch the news. She said, I'm afraid to watch the news. Do you know how many people are living in fear? How do you get up in the morning and be afraid? How do you go to bed at night and be afraid? How do you, how do you walk through your day and be afraid of what tomorrow may bring and live in the kingdom? The kingdom of God is that realm where Jesus is in charge. Kingdom is that place where the kingdom of heaven has come near. How can I be so happy as to live in the kingdom when life is so hard? Jesus explains it. So succinctly, Jesus is bad right by himself. He, he says it like this in this text out of the Beatitudes. He sat down with his disciples and, and he says, happy are those, this is verse 3, happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Luke, Luke just says, happy are you poor. But here Matthew says, happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Listen, the Greek says, this word poor here means abject poverty. I mean P-O-P-O, -O, the kind of poverty that you don't, you, you have to look up to see the bottom. My, great, my ancestors used to say, you can't even buy a mosquito, a wrestling jacket. The kind of poverty that makes you wonder, are you even in the richest country in the world? That's what Jesus says. Happy are those who know they are spiritually, abjectly poor. And then he says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Standing in front of God, the poor in spirit are like that. They, they, they're content to stand in their places. And so that's the first thing I want to tell y'all tonight. How can you be happy when life is so hard? Let me just tell somebody, stand in your place. 
One of the things that keeps folks so unhappy is that they get out of place. That is to say, they live beyond their means or they live out of conformity with who they are or they artificial, fake, phony, trying to live the life of somebody else or they live buried by their past or they live scared of their future or they live pressed down by current reality. Jesus says in verse 3, you can be happy, you can live in the kingdom, when life is hard if you just stand in your place. What does this mean? This, this, what does God, does God want us to be paupers? No. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It is that, that fundamental characteristic of realizing that you are spiritually empty and that only by depending on God, there it is, can you fill that emptiness. It's about knowing that you're spiritually poor, therefore you know your need. It, it might help to think about the opposite of poor in spirit. The contrast would be this, proud in spirit, that is self-sufficient, arrogantly independent. There are folk in this world with the attitude that says, I don't need anybody to give me any direction in life. I can do fine without any moral standard or any divine source. I know folk like that. They believe that the, that, 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 that the harder they work, the more blessed they get. That is to say, my effort is the reason for my loftier position. But what do you do when the paycheck don't come? This is the modern spirit, y'all, of humanism. In the glossary of humanism, the concept of humanism is defined like this. It's a view of life that is centered on humans, humankind, and his capacity to build a worthwhile life for himself and his fellows here and now. The emphasis here is placed on persons own intellectual and moral resources and the notion of supernatural religion is rejected because they can't make themselves believe in anything that they cannot see. But can I get me just a few worshipers in this room to understand that there is something going on in the world above your human understanding. I know that's a shout cue right there. I feel like running myself. Can I tell somebody that there is an entire reality far beyond what your mortal eyes can see because most of the time our mortal eyes can only see what's wrong. The ancestors handled it like this. They sang up above my head. I hear music in the air. There must be a God somewhere. The person can live happy, can live in the kingdom of God when they realize that there's a realm of existence that has existed up above your head before you knew it. And when you live in that place, you can draw that power, that reality, that realm, that control of the Lord into your personal space. That's why my wife changed the whole corner of that huge building. It ain't because she went around dusting the furniture and mopping the floors and painting the walls and moving out certain people and moving in others. She didn't have to do all of that because when she started living in kingdom space, then kingdom space inhabited the place. When she started living in kingdom reality, then kingdom reality took over. Can I tell y'all? The kingdom of God does not come to join in. The kingdom of God has come to take over. 
This this is the modern view. This this is the the scriptural view. The the emphasis cannot be on your own human understanding. The book says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and God will direct your path. God will direct your path when you're broke. God will direct your path when you're sick. God will direct your path. When you're lost, God will direct your path. When you're oppressed, God will direct your path. Folk who are poor in spirit don't bring nothing in their hands. I know that's bad grammar, but it's good gospel. They bring nothing in their hands that God needs, and they ain't got nothing in their hearts that compels God to accept them. They just come in their poverty, hoping that God will sustain them. They come in their brokenness praying that they will be mended. They come in their sin hoping to receive forgiveness. They come in their grief hoping to be comforted. They come in their illness believing to be healed. They don't come bargaining because they ain't got nothing to offer. When I get to your street, just wave. When, when It's precisely their humility, their openness that makes them fertile soil to receive God's blessing. When you get and live like that, when you get out of your own feelings, when you get out of your own accomplishments, when you get out of your own excellence, when you get out of your own uh, your own superiority, then you can say, here I am, God, just like I am, Lord. Move me, mold me, make me, break me, take me, do what you want to do. Get reckless with me, God, because I don't know what to do. I don't have the reason. When you yield like that, then you bring kingdom reality into your space. When you lean like that on a supernatural God, then you start walking in the realm of supernatural manifestation. When you figure out that you ain't all that and a bag of chips, then God comes in and God you, God has already come in. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom has already come. Then, then, then you allow God to come into that reality and reshape what's happening in your life. When you get the when you get the wisdom and the spirituality to stand in your place and stop trying to stand on the exalted spaces that God lives. When you stand where you ought to be in your place, Peter says it like this, if you just know that you got to go through for a little while, then God will exalt you in due season. Stand in your place and God who knows the secrets of your heart will re- will exalt you and will reward you openly. Stand in your place and you will live in the kingdom of God while life is hard. You, you just stand in your place. Stop fretting. Stop complaining. Stop moaning and groaning. Stop hesitating because the kingdom of heaven, you ain't got to wait when you, when my change comes, when I get myself together, when I get some new clothes, when I clean my life up. Your life ain't never going to be clean without living in the kingdom. You can't clean it. You don't have the juice. You can't change it. You don't have the power. Just stand in your place. How can I be happy 
This thing keeps on saying, happy are those, happy are those. How can I be happy? And that is, how can I live in the kingdom of God when life is so hard? I know life is hard. I'm living in life myself. Every day brings, it seems, a new challenge. But I'm determined that I'm going to be happy. I'm going to live in kingdom space while I'm walking through hell. I'm going to live in kingdom space while I've got the world on my shoulders. And you can only do it when you stand in your place. It is a relaxing reality, family, when you stand in your place and you can lay down and sleep at night knowing that the burden and the battle are not yours. They belong to the Lord. Stand in your place. And not only that, but, but Matthew writes on the lips of Jesus, dance in your place. Listen, listen, verses 10 through 12. Can I do a little Greek translation here with y'all? Will you stay with me while we do that together? Listen, listen. He says, happy. Yeah, Makarios, happy. In other words, blessed, happy, fortunate are those who are persecuted because, watch it, they do what God requires. Yeah, that, that's, that's like Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has already shown you what he requires. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. The happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Watch this. The kingdom of heaven. Uh, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. You ain't got a pot nor a window, but the kingdom belongs to you. you. You don't have a big influence in City Hall, but, but, but the kingdom belongs to you. you. You don't have friends in high earthly places, but Jesus says the kingdom belongs to you. Verse 11, happy are you when people insult you and persecute you and tell all kinds of evil lies against you because you are my followers. He says, watch this, be happy and glad. Sounds redundant, doesn't it? Be happy. It sounds like he just says that's enough, but he adds on to this. Be glad. That's because the word glad here is a different word. The word happy uh, means to be pleased that circumstances are as well as they are in your life. That's happy. But he also says be glad. Because see, real happiness comes with gladness of this kind. When he says be glad, the word means here in the Greek, it's a verb. It means to exult, to leap, to dance for joy. He says for a great reward. Somebody say great reward. For a great reward, a recompense, what's paid back is kept. That is, by a gatekeeper, a doorkeeper, like the folk that used to guard the temple doors, employed like sentinels at the gates of the temple, guarding the temple rooms. He says, a sentinel like that, a faithful gatekeeper, somebody who ain't going to let your blessing get away, somebody who won't allow the enemy to steal your blessing. He says, the reason you ought to be glad is because a great reward is being kept by somebody who will safeguard what God has for you. 
in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, that is royal power, that is kingship, that is dominion, that is rule, not to be confused now here with political kingdoms, but, but right, rather here, Jesus is talking about the right or the authority to rule over a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven comes with that one who has the right and the authority to rule over the kingdom. I mean, have we seen so many earthly kingdoms? We, we saw somebody try to set up a kingdom in 2016 when he took office, try to set up a kingdom. Jesus said, no, that's a fake kingdom. This, this kingdom I'm talking about is not a fake or a temporary kingdom because not only do I have the right to set it up, which that one did not, but I have the authority to rule over it once I set it up. In other words, what I set up on your behalf, can nobody take it down. They can try to take your vote, but they don't have the power to take your authority. They can try to take your freedom, but they're not the ones who set you free. He says, don't confuse it. Don't get it twisted. You just be happy and glad. He said, because this, the way when they lie on you, when they insult you, when they persecute you, when they say evil stuff against you, because you're my followers, Jesus says, that's the shout cue. How do I know that? Because he says, be happy and glad. He says, leap. He says, dance. He says, exult. He says, dance for joy. Because of all of this, you've got a great reward waiting. That is, he says, dance in your place. I can tell y'all that persecutors and enemies have tried to stamp the reward of the poor out since the time of the prophets, but the prophets just kept on declaring it. I dare you to keep on declaring it when it looks like stuff is trying to take it. The reason that this, this association with the prophets is such good news for us at the field is because folk have been trying to get rid of our reward since their time, but, but the rewards just keep on coming. How can anybody attest to the fact that every time I turn around, the Lord just keeps on blessing me. The most dangerous place for anybody to stand is in the way of God's will. That is to say, in the way of God's blessing. That's why we don't need to wait till the battle is over. We can shout right now. We can dance right now. We can exult right now. We can leap right now. Verse 12 says, be happy and glad. For the first time, these words are used as verbs. Everywhere else, they've been used like adjectives, descriptive of some kind of frame of mind or descriptive of some state of existence. But here, they're used to direct some action. Jesus says, be happy and glad. I mean, God's folk ought not be the frozen chosen. God's people ought not be inert and stoic. God's people ought to do something, not just be something. Proactively pursue your happiness. Don't passively depend on life to act on you. Jesus is saying, get involved in your own happiness. Be intentional about creating happiness. Stop waiting for your change to come. Change something. Stop putting off for tomorrow what you could do today. He says, exalt. Lift up your voice with the sound of triumph. He says, leap. Rise up by faith above your circumstances. 
circumstances. He says, dance, revel, and celebrate with a personalized praise. Don't wait for music, but don't wait for music, but just leap on joy. Stop waiting on your ship to come in. Jump overboard and go swimming. Stop looking for somebody to do it for you. Just leap right now. I dare you. I dare you. Right in your place. I dare you. In your living. I dare you. Get out your car. Pull over. Don't leap in your car. Get out of your car on the side of a road in a safe place and leap right there. I dare you. Why? Why can't you leap? Because the Lord has promised a great reward. He, 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 he does what he, he speaks here in a text that suggests it is coming. He, he says in the beginning of that text, happy are those who mourn. God will comfort them. Happy are those who are humble. He says they will receive what God has promised. He says happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God desires and requires. God will satisfy them fully. He says happy are those who are merciful to other folk because you remember how God was merciful to you. He says God will be merciful to them. He says happy are the pure in heart. They will seek God. He says happy are those who work for peace. God will call them his children. Can I tell you that this God we serve has already told us that when you dare to stand in your place and admit that you ain't got nothing that you can commend God with, that you can command God from. You're operating on a position of weakness. When you get that through your head, he comes to tell us, one, when you realize just how spiritually broke you are, but that you're depending on an all-sufficient God, he says, God will come to your rescue. Yeah! He says, when you realize that you ain't got a pot nor a window, that's when the provision of God kicks in. So you'll understand that when the blessing materially comes, my God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm so glad that I figured out a long time ago that I don't have anything that God needs, but I need him every hour. I need him, yeah. I'm so glad that I figured out I can't get out of bed without the Lord on my side. I realized that I need his mercy because he had mercy on me. I'm gonna have mercy on you. I'm so glad I can stand in my place. I can lay down and sleep at night because I understand that all night long it's not my burglar alarm that watches over me but I'm so glad the old song said all night long angels watching over me I'm so glad I can stand in my place and wait on God because they that wait upon the Lord shall 
renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings just like an eagle. Run and not get weary. Walk and not faint. Yes, Lord, I can stand in my place because if I wait long enough, the Lord will come to my rescue. Yeah, that's why I'm not upset when the Lord comes. Too late for what I think he ought to come because I already know his timing is always right. Yeah, I'm so glad that I learned how to wait. I'm so glad that I learned how to suffer. I'm so glad Doug Miller said when I suffered, I get eternal life, a relationship. Yeah, cause I found out y'all that when I suffer, it builds my relationship with the one who suffered for me. Yeah, I can stand in my place knowing that the Lord is able, knowing that the Lord is good. Say yeah, I can dance in my place when they talk about me when they lie on me when they reject me I can dance in my place I can cut a step in the midst of quicksand I can leap for joy with shackles on my feet yes I can dance right where I am I can dance right where I am When it looks like danger, I can dance on the rough seas. I can dance in a fiery furnace. I can dance when I'm sick. I can dance where I am. Yes, cause the book says he will comfort me. He will lift me. He will satisfy me. He will make me happy. He will call me his child. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. my battle he will clear my name he will lift me up yes he will somebody say yes he will stand in your place Dance in your place. Jesus said, leap. Lift up your voice. Exult. Dance. Right in the places 
where it looks like you're losing. Half of what happens when folk miss out on the kingdom is that they don't think the place of struggle is kingdom space. Samuel Proctor said, the only reason the Lord shows up in churches is because he knows that's where people bring their struggles. How many believe he will show up in your sick room right now? He will show up at your banker's desk when the answer looks like no. He'll show up, I tell you, in your bedroom, in your boardroom. He'll show up. The kingdom of God is among us. That's what Advent is all about. The kingdom of heaven has come. It is come. It's already here. Do you dare believe it? You've tried everything else. Tried depending on folk. How about you dare to believe that what God has shown you is the reality? That's the only true happiness. Happiness that comes with gladness. That happiness, that contentment that comes and makes you dance when ain't no music. Makes you run when ain't nobody chasing you. Makes you holler. All by yourself. I I'm so grateful I live in Charlotte, but I'm more grateful about my other address. We love Charlotte, but I'm happiest that I live in the kingdom of God. Have I got any neighbors? Do you live in the kingdom? If you live in the kingdom of God, then problems, burdens, challenges, obstacles, threats, enemies won't scare you because it is not the kingdom of Jackie, the kingdom of Peter. It is not the kingdom of Mary or Sue. It is the kingdom of God. so grateful to have the authority to invite somebody into this kingdom. It, it ain't my kingdom, but the Lord has given me access. He, he told me, he said, what you bind on earth, I'll bind it in the kingdom. He said, what you loose on earth, I'll loose it in the kingdom. So right now, today, in your hearing, in your presence, I bind your individualism. Not your liberty, not your freedom. I bind your individualism. And I loose 
chronic communal dependency on the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Hallelujah. I bind right now any hindrance to you taking ownership in your new address. The Basilia, the kingdom, the reign, the rule, the regency, the realm of God. That when you go to work tomorrow, you're going to bring kingdom space into your cubicle. That when you go to work tomorrow, you're going to bring kingdom space all around your cash register. So the only way folk can enter is to enter your cash register. Get in your space is to enter the kingdom of God. I defy you to create now kingdom space. Claim your kingdom address. And in your operating room, when patients roll in unconscious, they'll come out knowing that they've lived for a few hours in the kingdom of God. The doctor around you, the nurses, they will themselves not be able to explain it, but they will understand at some basic level that they've been in kingdom space. I dare you to do like my wife did. Don't, don't do nothing. You don't have to do anything. She, she went in. She did anoint with oil every chair of every student. She did that. But, 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 but one thing about it, when the students came in, one little girl even said, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I just feel so good. I just feel like singing today. <laughs> That's the kingdom. It's contagious, y'all. Why don't you bring kingdom space into the dark places of your tomorrow? And I declare your life will never be the same again. Wherever you are, you're in some foreign place to us, some faraway place. You can bring kingdom space right on your continent. People are, people are watching this all over the world today. And I can tell you, you, right where you live is kingdom space. Thank you, Jesus. So if you haven't been baptized, the first place you need to mark off as kingdom space is your own heart. Give it to Jesus today if you haven't done so already. If you've already given your life to Jesus, and I'm going to show you how to do that if you haven't, then, then, then if you've already done it, then right now you just get yourself in a church where you can carry out the teachings. Hallelujah. Right where you live, wherever it is, we can show you how. what this worship my worship has been all about so if you need a church family you can be a part of the field right now we'll show you how to worship and give and do ministry however far away you may be would you just pray with me everybody who needs Jesus in their life right now how do you get to know him follow me just repeat after me Lord Jesus Come into my life. Forgive me of the wrongs that I've done, the times I should have gone left. I went the other direction, the times I should have said yes to you, and I said no, the times I should have believed 
and I doubt it. Forgive me of my sins. I need you as my Savior. I am powerless to save myself. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. You ought to rejoice yourself right there. Give God thanks that your chapter has now turned. Your life story now has a new ending. As a matter of fact, your life story will never end because now you have eternal life where forever you will be in the presence of the Lamb. Hallelujah. The field is rejoicing with you. You ought to just tell God thank you right now. Hallelujah. We're rejoicing with you. This whole thing has been set up to give you this opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the new residents of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. All of our worship comes to this. Worship you, Lord. As long as I Hallelujah. Can I get me some saints in the field who are grateful that you received this new kingdom address? So now we lift our hands, we lift our eyes, and we say thank you. I can't hold my peace. Hallelujah. I can't be silent. You've been too good. Long as I live. Let's look to the Lord to be dismissed from this place. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever, that all of God's truly happy and glad folk leap, exalt, dance, and declare it is so. Amen. Go in peace.
Thank you so much for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message has uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue your walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the great news is the field is not confined by the four walls of the church, for we all know that the people are the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of God's family, Simply reach out to us on Facebook at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church or on Instagram at The Field CLT. Thank you once again and be blessed.